Welcome back to another week of Everything NHL, the hockey segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our hockey expert, James Kumar. Hey, what's up, man? So so uh, this week, we're going to be looking into um, some news around the league, some signings, um, some roster position changes in um, Yahoo uh, leagues for fantasy hockey. And we'll look at uh, the top 100 forwards. All right. Sounds good. Let's hop into it. All right. So we'll start with news first. And uh, I guess we'll look at our retirement of um, Hendrik Lundqvist. He played 15 seasons with the Rangers. He's 39 years old. Um, he's decided to hang it up. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is interesting because I remember this past season he signed with the Washington Capitals, but he didn't end up playing a game for them because he had to have heart surgery before the season. So technically he only played for one team and that was the New York Rangers. Obviously, one he won one Vesna trophy um, for goalie of the year. Um, he's sixth in NHL history and wins all time, seventh in saves, eighth in games played. So he's just like one of the best goalies of all time, pretty much. Uh, obviously he didn't win a Stanley cup, but other than that, he's pretty much done everything else. He's won Olympic gold medals. He's won world championship gold medals. He's, he's pretty much an icon for Sweden at this point. Um, I think he had a great career. Obviously it's unfortunate because he had to retire due to health condition, but other than that, yeah, really solid, uh, for his entire career. Yeah. I'm guessing if he didn't have to get that heart surgery, he might've had like maybe one or two seasons left. Yeah, and you know, with Washington, he'd get to play, maybe have a chance to win that Stanley Cup. But who knows? Maybe he'll work in a management position somewhere for an NHL team, and then maybe he'll be able to get a ring that way. Yeah, I mean, we've seen um, this year, there's a lot of coaches that used to be players um, in the NHL some time ago, and they usually have a really good eye for talent. So they usually kind of figure out ways to leverage that. Yeah, honestly, I think he'd make a great goalie coach. You know, maybe uh, he'd be great in a management position as well. So, um, yeah, I guess um, here's to hope that maybe Lundqvist gets to hoist the Stanley Cup one day as um, someone in management. Yeah, for sure. And I guess in the meantime, at least he can call himself one of the best goalies ever. ever and he could probably call himself one of Sweden's best players ever as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, all those years that he played for Sweden represented the country. There were times where they didn't even have the the best team and he still like took them to like gold medal games and stuff like that. So he really played well, I think, uh, just overall. And yeah, like look at some of these stats he had. He had 459 wins, 310 losses, 96 overtime losses slash ties. And then he had a 243 career goals against average and a 918 save percentage with 64 shutouts in 15 seasons. Uh, and I mean, he even had a, a lower goals against average and a higher save percentage in the playoffs. So he was a really good playoff performer. He just, I guess, didn't have the teams with the New York Rangers get over the top. I know some people said, oh, uh, they didn't really have that star power outside of him. So, uh, yeah, it was really tough for him trying to drag Ranger teams. I know he played in the finals once or twice. Went to the conference finals multiple times. Yeah, he's played really well in the playoffs for sure. 
Yeah, I guess that's kind of been the story of the Rangers for a while now. Like they've been decent, but in terms of talent, there's just so many good good teams in the NHL that are stacked with talent. And unfortunately, the Rangers just weren't one of those teams. Yeah, I mean, probably right now they're more talented than they've been in a long time. So um, it's really unfortunate that they weren't at that talent level back when Lundqvist was playing for them. Yeah, they probably would have won a Stanley Cup for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, having a guy like Panarin on the team, uh, a solid defenseman like Adam Fox, you know, the, these star players that they have now, you know, maybe they had them on those teams. You never know. Yeah, I guess that's just kind of like the un, unfortunate thing. Like sometimes um, for franchises, there's like one really good franchise player. And for whatever reason, they were just they're just not able to get the talent around him until after the franchise player leaves. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it happens in sports. Not every team can hoist the trophy. Only one team wins at the end of the year. So, yeah, it's it's really tough when some of the great players don't get a chance to to win a ring for sure. Yeah, but I guess we'll have to look forward to, I guess, him doing some kind of management position or him coaching his way to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, hopefully um, he, he might start out in Sweden and then maybe make his way back to the NHL, but we'll definitely have to see about that. So uh, now we can move on to, I guess, some signings around the league. Um, we'll start with um, Dickinson, start signing a three-year contract with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, they got him, uh, I believe it was in a trade with the Dallas Stars, um yeah uh, it was for a third round pick and yeah he's sort of gonna be that third line center for them he's only 26 years old uh he's a great two-way player i think it's a solid signing for vancouver i think they're just getting more depth on their team i noticed that um i guess the dallas stars decided to kind of trade him but i'm not sure if this was kind of needed i guess what are your thoughts it might have been an expansion move where they didn't want to lose him for nothing in the expansion draft. And Vancouver said that if they traded him, they would protect him. So it was probably something related to that. But yeah, um, it's a tough trade to understand outside of that. I guess so. And I guess we can move on to um, Ernie signing a two-year contract with the Red Wings. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think GM Steve Eisman really likes this player. I, I think he drafted him originally when he was the GM of Tampa Bay. Now coming to Detroit, he I believe he either traded for him or signed him the first time. And then now he's just uh, signing him uh, to a two-year contract. So yeah, he likes the player. I think Adam Ernie played really well last year. So should be a good fit for Detroit. Yeah, it looks like uh, Detroit's um, really coming along in their, um, I guess, free agency this offseason. Yeah, you know, different trades, different signings. They're slowly building up to that team that they once were. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, it usually takes a time, a lot of time with these kind of things. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I guess we can move on to Alex Nylander getting a one-year, not quite a million-dollar contract with the Blackhawks, about 874000 But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, he was drafted really high originally by Buffalo. Um, and he's kind of underwhelmed a little bit in playing for the NHL. He hasn't lived up to sort of uh, his brother uh, William's stats in Toronto. 
So, um, yeah, he's just seems to be one of those guys that's bouncing around. Hopefully, uh, you know, him being in Chicago and being fully healthy that, you know, maybe he can, um, you know, just maybe live up to his draft stock a little bit. I mean, he's a former first round pick. You definitely want those guys to click at the NHL level. So maybe if he can turn into a solid, even third line forward, that'd be really great for his career. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I guess, start somewhere if that makes sense, but I guess just any progress would be good. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, maybe put him on a line with, I don't know, maybe Adam Gaudet or, or someone there, Brandon Hagel, you know, maybe get some chemistry there and who knows, uh, maybe he'll be great for Chicago this year. Yeah, for sure. And we can move on to um, Fiala signing a one-year $5.1 million contract with Minnesota. Um, it's a really big signing by Minnesota. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's a good goal scorer. Um, uh, I believe he had like, what, 50 games. He had 40 points, 20 goals, 20 assists. So really solid. Uh, last year, um, he was a breakout player of the year before uh, for, this, uh, for this Minnesota team. It's pretty much the second uh, best scorer on this team behind Kirill Kaprizov. So yeah, um, you definitely want to lock up your top scores, and I think they did that with Kevin Fiala. I noticed that this is only a one-year contract, and they're paying a lot of money for this um, one-year contract. So I guess are they just kind of trying to play it safe from the front office end, or what What do you think that's going on? Yeah, I think so. Maybe he, uh, they probably wanted a longer uh, year deal at like a lower cap hit, but he wanted more money, so they gave him the more money, but they did it at a shorter term deal to, you know, see if he can like play up to that contract, I feel like. So yeah, it's, it is sort of from an off front office position. All right. And uh, I guess we can move on to um, Saros signing a four-year contract with um, Nashville, $20 million contract, really big signing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, four years, 20 million. I believe it sort of shakes out to 5 million per year. Um, yeah, he played really well. Uh, I know when he came into the league, he was on the all-rookie team. Um, he was near the top of Vezina voting this season as he had a really solid year. And he stole a couple of games off of Carolina in the first round of the playoffs pretty much single-handedly as the goalie for a, you know, a, a fourth uh, seed in their division, uh, Nashville team. And yeah, he's just been getting better and better every year, I feel like. So uh, he could be primed for a breakout year. Definitely want to lock him down at a, at a good, uh, you know, um, amount of money. And yeah, I think this deal is great for both Soros and Nashville. Yeah, I think um, uh, Soros being able to stay in Nashville kind of gives the team kind of something to work off off of like kind of like a foundation to kind of work off of now they don't have to worry about okay now i now we need to kind of get another really good goalie they have their um starting goalie so now they can just continue to build around him yeah i know we talked about pecorine retiring he was their longtime goalie obviously they have saros now they've drafted goalies for the future their defense has always been good as well. So they sort of have the foundation there in net and on defense. They just got to improve their forward group and they'll definitely be back in the mix for sure. Do you think we're going to see uh, yet another uh, defensive specialist team? Yeah, um, there's always room for that. Uh, you still need some scoring though, because to get through a whole season as a defensive specialist team, that's sort of more of a playoff strategy. I feel like in the season, your offense could dry up a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, Nashville does have the foundation. They just need to sort of get more all around scoring and they'll be okay. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to um, Zadorov signing a one-year contract with the Flames. It's about $3.75 million. And I think he was traded from Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, they're just improving their defensive core pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's a solid signing. Uh, he's, you know, bounced around the league a little bit. But, uh, I mean, he's a pretty hard-nosed defenseman he's not afraid to throw some hits uh to make some plays yeah i think it was a solid signing just improves calgary's depth on defense obviously they lost their captain mark giordano to the seattle kraken so uh yeah uh definitely they're trying to get younger uh, on the blue line there and uh yeah their their defense should be getting uh, a bit better by adding him yeah and i guess um how do you think um calgary kind of shapes up to I guess, the rest of the NHL at this point? Yeah, it's tough to say. They are in an easier division, so they might have a really big chance for success. Uh, I guess other than that, we'll sort of have to see. I know definitely when we get into like uh, division previews and all that kind of stuff, we'll definitely take a deeper dive into uh, how Calgary's looking heading into the season. But I think they've done a good job so far this offseason just getting a lot of depth. So hopefully they can sort of round out their team and maybe have a bounce back here next year. Yeah, for sure. I guess it'd be nice to see, like, um, I guess, all the Canadian teams being really competitive this year. Yeah, I know. I'd love to see that as a Canadian hockey fan. Obviously, people listening in the U.S. wouldn't say the same thing. But, I mean, yeah, um, whenever some of the the OG Canadian teams, to, so to speak, like, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, when they're competitive, I feel like hockey just gets even more exciting. So, um, yeah, definitely something to look out for. Yeah. And I guess if it doesn't uh, pan out, maybe we can appropriate Colorado. <laughs> or, or something. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, we definitely got to get get some Canadian teams in there, get some American teams in the playoffs, you know, let them battle it out. Um, trust me, it's always the best that way. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that um, concludes I guess, all the free agency signings. So I guess now we can kind of move on to um, some fantasy talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, the position changes. And I guess just what are your general thoughts on this? Yeah, so Yahoo opened up their fantasy leagues. Uh, and I think Yahoo's probably the most played site for fantasy hockey, if I'm not mistaken. So I just want to cover some of the position changes they made for some forwards. I know a lot of forwards lost trial eligibility. Uh, Steven Stamkos uh, went from trial eligible to only center and right wing eligible. We had JT Miller going from trial eligible to center and left wing. Uh, Sam Bennett from trial eligible to center and left wing as well. TJ Oshie actually added center to his uh, just single right wing. So that's good for him. Zach Hyman just became left wing and right wing. He doesn't have center anymore. Jeff Carter became center and right wing. He lost the left wing. Yanni Gord also became center right wing. Sharon Govich from New Jersey. He just became left wing and right wing, no center. And then Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg, same thing, left wing, right wing, no center. Um, a few other guys here, Alex Kerfoot, instead of center left wing, he became center right wing. Casey Middlestat lost the try eligible. He became center right wing. Mikhail Granlund uh, also became center right wing, as well as Alex Bear Boulay, who became from who changed from just center to now center and right wing. 
Adrian Campi went from trialogable to left wing and right wing. Pius Suter, trialogable to center and right wing. And then Marcus Johansson went from trialogable to just left wing and right wing. Um, and yeah, they also added some eligibility for some of the rookies here. Caulfield, just right wing. Trevor Zagris, center and left wing. Pod Colson, uh, right wing. Quentin Byfield, just center. Marco Rossi, just center. Vitaly Kratsov, just right wing. Alex Newhook, just center. Uh, Dennis Anko, left wing. And Lucas Raymond, also just left wing. So uh, that's pretty much some of the changes Yahoo's made. Obviously, people complaining about no trialogable players. Uh, just one thing to note, during the season, Yahoo adds eligibilities. They don't remove them. So there'll be no more removing. They only remove eligibility at the beginning of the season during the season they only add so if you're afraid that a player is going to lose his eligibility for a certain position when you draft him you won't need to worry about that because they'll only be adding eligibility for players so definitely something to note yeah i guess um i guess this is just a kind of like shake things up like if they just kept like try eligibility like year in and year out um you'd probably see kind of like the same rosters all across the board so I guess this way you kind of have to think on your feet a little bit more. Yeah, and if they kept the same eligibilities year in and year out, the entire league would just become try eligible at that point. So you know how it is. Obviously, defense and goalies, we didn't see any position changes this year. Sometimes you'll see defense and right wing, but it, it is pretty rare because some defensemen do jump up and play right wing at times. We've seen Brent Burns do it, Dustin Bufflin. But um, yeah, no defensemen are currently doing that. So just some forward position changes for this year. Yeah, I mean, it does seem pretty rare for someone to um, play defense and forward at the same time. So I don't think we can expect that this year. Well, I mean, um, Dustin Bufflin used to jump in front of the net on the power play and used to play some forward. So that was pretty much the main reason why they gave him right wing. And then for Brent Burns, he actually played both positions and um, he was very offensively talented. That's why when he ended up coming back to just defense, he ended up leading the league in points one of those years as a defenseman. So, yeah, he does have that offensive upside that they were able to play him on the wing at times. So, yeah, it's those rare cases. But other than that, yeah, they mostly stick to their positions. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, um, like you said, trial eligibility will probably be added because I see, for example, Alexander Kerfoot, center left wing to center right wing. It's like, why not just make him trial eligible at that point? Stuff like that. Honestly, um, I feel like that it's something that's going to happen because he's still in Toronto. That left side for Toronto is a little weak right now. They lost Zach Hyman, obviously. There's a chance he jumps up on one of the top two lines and plays left wing. So if you do pick him up, I feel like that he could eventually gain his left wing by the end of the season. So I guess um, one thing that you can kind of um, use to kind of, I guess, predict which players would be tri-eligible would be to kind of look at the depth chart for, I guess, most of the teams or all of the teams. And generally, I guess teams with kind of weaker positions in some areas are going to ask players to play in extra positions. So that should, I guess, open up more eligibility. Also, the players that are most likely to become tri-eligible are centers because a lot of times teams have lots of centers and they got to move some of them to the wing. 
Uh, normally, if you have a player that just is a wing position, it's going to be more difficult for them to become tri-eligible unless they actually move to center, which is pretty rare. So definitely some of the centers that are dual eligible could become tri-eligible. Sounds good. And uh, now we can move on to the top 100 forwards. So um, there are some, I guess, there's some uh, names that I guess we can expect in the top 10. But I guess just what are your thoughts? All right, so we're here on NHL.com. We're looking at their top 100 forward rankings like we did last couple of weeks with goalies and defensemen. So just starting in the top 10, if Connor McDavid at number one, Nathan McKinnon at number two, Nikita Kucherov, number three, Leon Dreisaitl, number four, got Austin Matthews at number five, and Brad Marchand, number six, Artemi Panarin, seven, Miko Rantanen, eight, David Pasternak, ninth, and Patrick Keane at 10. To be honest, uh, yeah, McDavid McKinnon looks good. I might have Dreisaitl over Kucherov just because he's a, uh, you know, he's more of, of, a, of an efficient scorer compared to Kucherov. Obviously, Kucherov coming off that injured season last year, plus Dreisaitl, that dual eligibility, always solid. But you could put either or there. Austin Matthews, uh, Marshan, Panarin, Ranton, and Pasternak. Kane, yeah, I think the, the top 10 should be good. Uh, I, I like uh, the names there. I might change the order, but the names are good. Yeah, I guess like... I don't, I don't think anybody would really dispute these names. It's just kind of just um, different orders uh, according to like whoever's opinion, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, honestly, you're just drafting according to what position you want to prioritize when you're tied between two players, I feel like. All right. And I guess we can move on to, I guess, 11 to 20. And what are your thoughts on those? Yes, we got Jonathan Huberto, then Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Brady Kachuk, who could even be higher if you're playing in categories leagues because this guy, he'll get, I think he led the league in hits and shots last year by himself. So, um, yeah, I might put Brady Kachuk ahead of some of these guys just because of what he's been able to do. Alex Barkov, Braden Point, Mitch Marner, Sebastian Ajo, Mika Zibanejad, and Kirill Kaprizov. Honestly, yeah, they, they got the right names here. Uh, obviously, like I said, I would probably change the order around a little bit. Braden Point could move him up. Marner's kind of low too, yeah. Honestly, there, there's a lot of deep forward depth this year in fantasy. I definitely think that if you're drafting forwards, you're getting good forwards, I'd say, into the fourth and fifth rounds of, of the draft, like really solid top-end forwards for sure. Yeah, it looks like this list is looking good so far, nothing too controversial. So I guess we can move on to, I guess, 21 to 30. And what are your thoughts so far? So, yeah, we've got Steven Stamkos, Patrice Bergeron, John Tavares, Andre Svechnikov, Jake Gensel, Matt Kachuk, Max Pacioretty, Mark Shifley, Alex Debrinkit, Gabe Landeskog. I might move Shifley up. I feel like they're, you know, him being suspended for one more game. That doesn't do much. Uh, he's still a point-per-game player. He should be a little bit higher. Matthew Kachuk, uh, solid, Tavares. Um, yeah, I think most of the names they got right here. Alex Dabrinkit was really good last year. I might move Gabe Landeskog ahead of him, though, just because, like, category coverage. You know, you can get the hits and, uh, you know, top-end power play as well. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I think the names here are pretty good. Sounds good. And I guess we can move on to uh, 31 to 40. And What are your thoughts? Yeah, we got... Elias Pettersson, Mark Stone, 
Evgeny Malkin, Ryan O'Reilly, Andre Kopitar, Kyle Connor, Jack Eichel, Johnny Gaudreau, Nick Backstrom, and William Nylander. Uh, yeah, they got the right names. Like I said, you just I changed the order. You know, Mark Stone, maybe I might move him a bit uh, further up. Uh, a lot of guys coming off of injury, Pedersen, Malkin, Eichel. Yeah, we don't know where Eichel's going to play, whether it's in Buffalo or somewhere else. So he's like a wild card there. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, it's kind of low where he's being drafted compared to most years. So he could definitely bounce back this year. Um, yeah, most of the forwards here are pretty solid. So I definitely like the names. Like I said, I would just change the order around a little bit. Sounds good. And I guess we can move on to 41 to 50. Um, what are your thoughts so far? All right, we got Nikolai Ehlers, Brock Besser, JT Miller, Matt Barzell, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, Andre Palat, Jason Robertson, and Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, I think Sam Bennett's a little too high. I think people are riding high on him from last year. Um, but we have to remember that before he came to Florida, he was not very productive in Calgary during the regular season. So I would dial back expectations a little bit. I wouldn't put him in the top 50. I'd probably roll someone in there that's just outside. I know we'll get to some of those names, but the rest of them I, I like quite a bit. Um, yeah, JT Miller, Besser, and Ehlers are all really solid. Same with Barzell. Uh, Reinhardt, he was really solid last year on a poor Buffalo team, so moving to Florida should help him. Kuznetsov, obviously good. Robertson, one of the best rookies last year. Toffoli was solid as well. So, yeah, um, just a couple changes I'd make there, but most of the names are pretty good. Sounds good. And I guess we can move on from 51 to 60. Um, what are your thoughts? Okay, so we have TJ Oshie, Patrick Hornquist, Rope Hintz, uh, Braden Shen, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, Evander Kane, David Perron, Brian Rostin, Vladimir Tarasenko. I think for these names, honestly, it just depends on the kind of league you're playing in. If you're playing with more categories, maybe grab a guy like Evander Kane or a Brian Ross, someone like that. If it's just points, you'd probably lean more on a guy like TJ Oshie, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, maybe a Joe Pavelski or a Vladimir Tarasenko. It just honestly depends. Uh, but all the players in this section are really solid. Um, definitely uh, worth flyers on for sure. Yeah, and I guess we can um, move on to, I guess, 61 to 70. Uh, what are your thoughts? Okay, so we got uh, Martin Natchez, uh, Elias Lindholm, Nick Suzuki, Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, Pavel Buzhnevich, Kevin Fiala, Philip Forsberg, Jacob Verana, and Tyler Sagan. Uh, I think it's a crime for them to put Tyler Sagan that low. Assuming he's fully healthy, I mean, he's going to be uh, one of the better centers in the league. You got to move him into the top 50 for sure. Um, outside of that, these are a lot of younger players, um, that sort of, you, if you, uh, draft them around here, you know, you could see, uh, them have a lot of upside, especially guys uh, like Elias Lindholm, who had a really good year last year. We saw Martin Natchez have a good year, uh, Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, you know, names like that. Jacob Verana had a breakout last year as well. So, uh, definitely some good names here uh, that you can sort of get late value on, you know, if you don't get a lot of the top end forwards where you're, if you're drafting goalie or defense instead, then you can sort of wait and grab some of these guys and then they'll definitely be good for you. Yeah. Especially um, Tyler Sagan. It looks like if he falls really um, far, if you actually, you actually get him at seven, you're going to get a lot of value. Yeah. Take this in. Like, let's just say you go winger with your first pick, you grab like Kucherov, like third overall, something like that. Then maybe, next pick you bounce to defense and you take like Victor Hedman, for example, and then you bounce to goalie and you grab maybe, I don't know who, who would be there. Maybe like, um, 
a Marc-Andre Fleury. So then that's sort of your top three picks. Then you come back with defense. You grab maybe Seth Jones. And then, you know, you keep going further down. Um, you know, you take a left winger. I don't know who was up there for left wing. Um, you know, maybe you grab like a, a Matthew Kachuk or something. And as you go further down, maybe you don't have a center yet. Then you see um, all the way down at, at 70, you see Tyler Sagan. He could even be your number one center. And you could say, oh, he's going to have a bounce back year. And then, you know, you, you round out your lineup pretty nice like that way. So uh, I guess definitely something to think about. You know, you see values on certain players, guys like Tyler Sagan, where they're going to be playing with productive players. I mean, Joe Pavelski's there. Jamie Ben's there. Rope Hints is there. You got Jason Robinson, Gary Anov. Like, I mean, Dallas has a good offense. Sagan's going to produce playing with these guys. Yeah, I feel like Dallas in general, they're kind of, they're going to have like a little bit more sleeper players just because they didn't perform so well last year. So um, expectations on Dallas are going to be a little bit lower. So if you can get like really good uh, Dallas players at a really late pick, that's a lot of value. Yeah. And I noticed with this list, certain teams are slept on more than others and certain teams like they're uh, pretty much hyping like overhyping like florida there's a lot of forwards further up and if for some reason they're not scoring at the same pace as last year then you're going to lose a lot of value on those guys that's why i said move sam bennett down a little bit because we don't know whether he's going to score at the same pace he did at the end of the season last year he might go back to sort of the way he was in calgary so you just got to be careful with stuff like that and then guys from dallas you know being ranked that low you know uh, they definitely can have a bounce back year. I mean, they went to the cup final two years ago. They're a good team. They just had a lot of injuries and a lot of unfortunate situations last year, but I definitely think they can be a solid team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, we can move on to 71 to 80. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So we got Sean Couturier, Anthony Mantha, Vincent Trocek, Blake Wheeler. I'm surprised Blake Wheeler's that low. He's also really solid. You're getting a lot of values here. Uh, Zach Hyman, Tom Wilson, Bo Horvat, Dominic Kubalik, who was also very good last year. So a great pick down here. Taylor Hall, Alexander Radulov. Yeah, uh, I think this proves that you really don't need to reach for forwards further up. You can let a lot of good forwards fall to you and you can round out a solid team later on. Forward is one of those positions where after you grab like the your top like two guys, I feel like you can sort of draft defense and goalies and then sort of just leave. Um, you know, there, you, you can round out the rest of your forwards later on because there's a lot of good players here for sure. Yeah, like you said, it looks like um forward is looking like I guess the deepest position in the NHL so far. Yeah, I mean it's been that way in fantasy for years. Definitely at forward, you can always get values later on. You know, you can uh, gamble on some of the young guys, you know, see how they turn out. Um, but yeah, forward, like we said, you can always find value. For sure. And I guess we can move on to, I guess, 81 to uh, 90. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so we have William Carlson, Anders Lee, Jonathan Marchessault, uh, Ryan Strom, Turvu Teravainen. Oh, that's, that's a pretty good steal. He should bounce back. He was... Uh, injured a lot of last year, so that's a good steal. You got Jamie Benn, Victor Arvidsson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Carter Verhage, Dennis Garyanov. Yeah, Tara Vinen should be a little bit higher. Uh, he, People are definitely sleeping on him for uh, what he can do, and Carolina is going to be relying on him to score. He plays on the top line. He's going to get points regardless, so definitely he needs to be moved up a little bit higher, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like at around this position and lower, some of these guys might end up going undrafted. So if you didn't really like, I guess, um, get the 
I guess, do, do the best in your draft. You could probably look in your, in the, in the waiver wire, like the first week, you might end up seeing like Carter Verhage again, or you might see like uh, Tara Vinen in your waiver wire, and then you pick them up and you're set. Yeah, I think most teams have around, what is it, like nine forwards potentially in fantasy. So, um, yeah, you're if you go to, what, 12 times nine, you're around 100. So, yeah, this is sort of near the end of where forwards are. Obviously, like, um, uh, we'll get to 91 to 100. But, yeah, there's a lot of value in here for sure. Yeah. And I guess we can uh, round off um, the list. And what are your thoughts on the rest of the guys? Okay, so we got Chris Kreider here, Alexi Lafreniere, Dylan Larkin, Jordan Eberle, Connor Garland, Brendan Gallagher, Josh Norris, Drake Bathurst, and Anthony Duclair, and Patrick Laine, which is interesting how low they've placed him. They really don't have a high expectation for him. So if you think Patrick Laine can have a bounce back season, you're getting him at forward number 100. So just take that into consideration. People are heavily sleeping on this guy. You can get an absolute steal with him if you need depth on the wing. Um, there's some other forwards here that didn't make uh, the top. Uh, we got Jonathan Taves, Tim Stutzel, Trevor Zagers, uh, JG Pajo, uh, Andre Burakovsky, Jaden Schwartz, uh, Vasily Podkolzin, Quentin Byfield, Josh Anderson, Alex Glornold. Wow, there's a lot. Yeah, you just keep going down. Um, there's a lot of value at forward. There's no reason to be reaching for forwards once you get outside of those main, I'd say top 20 to 25 guys. After that, you can pretty much just wait on forward and grab a lot of value later on. Definitely target defense and goalies and sort of those mid rounds, probably from rounds like uh, three to maybe six or seven. That's where you target your goalies. You target your defense, then maybe come back around with some forwards because you're finding a lot of value. I mean, Claude Giroux's at forward number 117, and he just had an off year. I mean, he's a solid scorer. Um, you're getting these guys at amazing prices here. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier was really solid. He's at 111. Getting Mike Hoffman at 125, getting Phil Kessel at 126. Those guys were always on our pickup list last year. Uh, we we're always telling people to pick them up. Uh, you're getting Travis Konechny, who could bounce back at 139. Um, man, yeah, there's a lot of value here. Kasperi Kapanen, 147. Joel Eriksson, 150. Yeah, really solid uh, forwards here. Alex Tuck's not even ranked. He was so solid as well. But yeah, man, there, there's a lot of good forwards here. You, you really don't don't need to reach for forwards. You'll definitely get some solid options in the later rounds for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this is like a really good list of um, all really good players. Like, I would say like even if you had like a bad draft position, you weren't able to get like a top ten or even a top twenty um, forward. You, st I think you might still have a chance this year. Yeah, like let me look at the top two fifty overall ranking. So like going into a draft. So it, let's just say you're in a twelve team league. The top twelve. Uh, there is 11 forwards and one goalie. So uh, let's just say you took Andre Vasilevsky with your first round pick because he's the only one in the top 12. So, and then let's just say you look at the next 12 and there's mostly forwards there, but you got a couple defensemen, you got Hedman, you got Makar. Let's just say you took Makar. So let's just say your first two picks is goalie and defense. Well, guess what? On your third pick, you can still get guys like Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, Kirill Kaprizov, Max Pacioretty. Like you're still getting solid 
forwards there. I mean, um, obviously you might want to split that up. You might want to take one of those higher end forwards and then maybe come back with like, uh, okay, let's just say you went Brad Marchand in the first round, you went Kale McCarr in the second round, then third round, you could grab like Darcy Kemper and net and you're still set. So you're, you're, you don't really have much to do um, there. Uh, you're getting a top end forward and you can round out your uh, defense and goaltending. Let's just say you went Aaron Ekblad in the next round after that. And you say, Oh, um, I have a lot of defense. Now I want to come back for forward. Well, guess what? Kyle Connor's still there. Uh, Jack Eichel's there. Um, William Nylander, you know, there's still so many solid forwards throughout the whole draft. Uh, you don't need to uh, panic uh, if you don't take forwards right away. They're, they're still going to be good ones that left on the board. Yeah, I feel like even if you're like the kind of person who likes to kind of draft based on, I guess, um, who's, I guess, like uh, depth, if that makes sense, depth and kind of like categories, I guess like um, forwards, they kind they're more responsible for scoring. So if you feel confident, maybe you can kind of get forwards at kind of like all later rounds, depending on how you feel. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, I guess for category leagues, you can uh, draft forwards a little bit earlier, if that makes sense, because uh, for defense, they can get other categories for you, like hits and plus minus. But if you're in a points league, you're going to have to draft defense pretty early because the bottom sort of falls off the top point getters after like the top 10 or 12 defensemen, then the points just drop right after that. So you want to get a couple of those guys, I'd say out of the top 15 defensemen, you want to get a couple of them for sure. If you're in a strictly uh, a points league, but if you're in categories, you might be able to spread out your draft a little bit, you know, get some goalies, get uh, different uh, things to round out your team. But if you're in a points league, two out of your first four picks should most likely be defensemen, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I guess this uh, kind of um, rounds out our topics for this week. And um, do you have any final thoughts? No, honestly, I think we covered everything. Talked about Lundqvist retiring, some signings around the league, uh, roster changes for Yahoo, uh, fantasy hockey, and then uh, the top 100 forwards from NHL.com. And I mean, yeah, uh, you know, we, we talked through it. We talked about some drafting and stuff. So it was great. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering if the, I guess, top 100 might change, I guess, mainly because of the perception of um, the strength of certain teams this year. Uh, yeah, definitely going to change as the weeks go by. Uh, we definitely should have some rankings uh, in terms of that. Uh, we'll definitely talk about, you know, who we feel the stronger players are to draft, uh, especially when we get into like uh, division previews and all that. So definitely, yeah, we'll definitely be, be taking a look at that for sure. Yeah. And I guess uh, that about wraps it up this week for everything NHL. Um, if you liked watching uh, the video on YouTube, you can subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, uh, leave us a review in the comment section. Um, give us your thoughts on, I guess, the top 100 um, forwards. And um, if you thought there was someone who should have been in the top 100 or even in the top 50, uh, definitely let us know in the comment section. Um, if you liked listening to us, you can follow us on Spotify. You can also follow us on Apple Music and Google Podcasts. And if you need some sports picks, you can follow us at Fan Fan Podcasts on both Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week.